Well, good morning. And we are at, again, what a great opportunity to bring some impact points to you concerning the word of God. We are still talking about the weapons of our warfare. I desire that we all be totally equipped as much as we can on how to fight the enemies that, kind, that try to come up against our faith. So I welcome you this morning. It's a beautiful day, and I'm excited to get into the Word of God. Today, we're going to be talking about chastening. You say, how is chastening a weapon of our warfare? Well, guess what? Chastening will help you to develop and mature in the things of God. Amen. So I want you to let someone know that I'm with you this morning. We're on the air live coming from Mighty Wind Broadcasting Network. Amen. And so be encouraged. Let someone know that I'm here. Get your Bible, your paper, your pencil, and let us dive into the word of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, I thank you that I decrease and allow your spirit to increase in me. I thank you that the words that come out of my mouth are anointed and the people who are listening, their ears are anointed to hear and receive the word of God. Father, we just praise you and we thank you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. Amen. I will be right back with you. Amen. So are you ready to get into the word? You have your Bible, paper, and pencil. We are going to be talking about a very, very important weapon of our warfare, and that is chastening. Guess what? God disciplines those who he loves, and boundaries are not, um, are not there to hurt us, but it is there to protect us. So once again, I'll be back with you shortly. Again, uh, as I said earlier, we are going to be talking about chastening. My God, that is a weapon, and it's a weapon that we need to use. You can also call it discipline, uh, and we're, that's what a disciple is. A disciple is one who is disciplined in the area of study, in the area of their belief. And so 
we are believers of Christ and we believe in the word of God. So we want to be chastened. We want to be disciplined in those areas. Amen. And so we're looking at Hebrew 12 and 7. So get your Bible and turn there with, um, with me. Good morning, Yolanda. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Deborah. Um, it is a joy to have you with me this morning to to um, go over the word of God. I just want to take out a, a minute and say thank you to all of the wishes, birthday wishes that I received on yesterday. It was truly, truly welcome. You'll never know how much all of your um, wishes and your birthday celebration salutes to me meant to me after losing my husband. Um, it was very difficult for me to really celebrate, but you know what? I had to press. Like if you want oil out of an olive, you have to put pressure on it. So I had to put pressure on my flesh and say, look, we're going to celebrate irregardless because we're going to celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive. Amen. And so I, I said, we're going to talk about chastening, which is a weapon of our warfare. Um, but before I go there, I want to define to you um, why people are chastened. And I want to talk about disobedience. Disobedience totally comes up against a disciple who chooses to be disciplined in the things of God. And so if you have your paper and your pencil, I want you to write this down because it's very, very important. Amen. And you need to know so that there's no misunderstanding. So disobedience is defined as a calculated choice to deliberately go against the will of God and the orders of God. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. Because unless we fully understand what it is that we are talking about, um, what we are looking at, what we are focusing on, it's hard for us to follow the pattern that God has for us. And so once again, that definition for disobedience, amen, is a calculated choice to deliberately to go against the will of God and the orders of God. You know, we cry out and we say, God, not my will, but your will be done. That is someone who is totally disciplined in the things of God because you have learned to, over a process of time, over maturing in the things of God. You have learned to bring your flesh under subjection. And no matter what it is that you want, you say, Father, thy will be done, not mine. And let me tell you, the, war, the flesh and the spirit are constantly worn one with another. Amen? But we know through God's word that he only chastens though he, those who he loves. And, and as I stated earlier, when you chasten your loved one, we know our parents, you know, will chasten, correct our children. We put boundaries on them. Now, boundaries are not there to um, keep you from growing, but they are there to keep you protected. How many of you want to be protected in the spiritual battles that we have to go up against um, in our Christian wall. They're there, you know, to um, keep us safe. 
And we want to stay safe, but if we refuse to, and we have a calculated choice to go against God's word and God's choices for us in our life, he will correct us. And he only corrects those who he loves. It's called love. It's not called hatred. It's not trying to keep you from being you and doing your own thing. No, it's there to keep you safe. So let me go on and read Hebrew 12 and 7. It says, if you endure chastening, endure, you got to you gotta be willing to, I hate to use the word, put up with it, but you're willing to endure God's dealing with you as a son. For what son is he whom the father chaseth not? If, he, if, your, if your father, let's talk about the natural father. If the natural father does not chasten you for the things that you are not doing correctly, how will you ever know what is correct? How will you ever know the things that you should do if you're not corrected against the things that you should not do? That's why the law came into existence to say, no, adultery is not permitted. And if you commit adultery, you will be chastened. You will be corrected. No, stealing, coveting what belongs to another is not correct. And so this is what will happen if you do that. So they're there to, um, the boundaries are there to help guide you and show you the difference between right and wrong. And so if your father doesn't correct you, what he's saying is he doesn't love you. Now, that doesn't mean you go out and beat your children until they bleed, okay? Because our Heavenly Father would not dare do that to us. But he will correct us gently. I always say, Lord, you know, correct me gently. Amen? Because, you know, he can be harsh if he so chooses to, especially if you refuse, refuse to receive instructions and you don't want to refuse to receive the instructions for the Lord because he loves you. Oh my God, he loves you. When he says, don't go out after dark, there's a reason why he's saying don't go out after dark because the enemy, can he come out in after dark? You know, um, he comes out in the day, but he really comes out at, at, at nighttime in the dark because he feels though no one can see what he is doing. So the boundaries are put there to keep you safe. Amen. So it goes on to verse eight and it says, but if ye be without chastening, therefore you are, are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Oh my God. I don't want to be called. I, I hate that word. You know, they use that word a, a lot of times when a child doesn't have a father. You know, he's illegitimate. He's a bastard. You know, I, that, that's like a cuss word to me. You know, but the word of God says that if you are not partaker in the chastening of the father, it says right here clearly, but it's talking spiritually, Okay. Um, I know we look at it in the natural, but it's talking spiritually that we are bastards and not sons. And we want to be sons and daughters of the most high God. Amen. Furthermore, in verse 9, it goes on and said, furthermore, we have fathers of our flesh, which correct us. And we gave them reverence. 
Shall we not much rather be subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? You know, so it's saying here that, you know, our heavenly, if our, our earthly parents um, correct us, and you know, when we get corrected, we be like, yes, ma'am, no, sir, you know, yes, ma'am, you know, um, yes, sir, whatever it is, what do you want? And you stand up straight, you're at attention because, you know, wherever you were corrected on at, amen, you're still feeling the, the chastening of it. And so you want to give reverence. But our Heavenly Father wants us to give reverence in the spirit. You know, he wants us to respect him. He wants us to honor him. And we have every reason to honor him and respect him. Amen. And so it's very important that we receive the chastening of the Father. Amen. Praise God. And so it goes on. Let's go down to, I um, read that in your in your own personal time. Amen. Because um, down to verse, let, let's read verse 11. It says, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyful, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, afterward, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised by them. Amen. And so you want to receive what it is. Good morning, Tammy. God bless you for being on with me. So let's look at Proverbs 19 and 18. This is a very powerful scripture. Chastening the son while there is hope. Let not the soul spare for his crying. Now that's powerful. You know, we want to chasten our son our daughters while there is hope. In other words, you know, don't wait until the child gets older and they've caused havoc in your life and, and in the teacher's lives and in the church and in school. You know, let teach them how to respect and honor authority. And so correction begins at home, not in the school. You know, their parents, they go to the school and say, well, I don't know what my child, he doesn't do this at home. He doesn't swing from the hand chandelier. He doesn't climb on the furniture. I obeyed the difference. If he does it in the school, if he does it in church, if he does it in, in the public setting, guess what? He did it at home. You just didn't have the, the willpower and the strength to say, look, you will not do this. You will respect our home. Actually, this is what belongs to you. And you have to respect and you have to reference what it is that you have. And if you don't, you are not going to respect authority when you get out into the world. And so why, that is one of the reasons why there is so much, um, so many challenges in our society is because children were not corrected. They were not taught at home how to respect. You have children who talk to their parents any old kind of way. You know, we'll tell them to shut up. You know, what you're looking at. Well, wait a minute. That was not done when they was two years old, when they was three years old. And so when they're seven and eight years old, when they get into school, when they go to church, guess what? They want to do the same thing. Because if they can tell their mom and their daddy to shut up, they feel as though that they can tell their Sunday school teacher to shut up. They feel as though that they could take tell the peers in their Sunday school classes, guess what? You shut up. Who do you think you are? 
I got this, I'll beat you, and, you know. And so if they did it at home, and that's where a correction, that's where teaching begins. Parents, we are our children's first teachers, not the teachers in, in preschool, not the teachers in kindergartens. We have to teach them at home. And a lot of times because we are so bogged down with everyday life that we don't take the time to teach. And I have to say this, you know, we don't come with a manual. I teach a class called Redirecting Children's Behavior. And it really gives you some, some um, tools that help you to redirect children's behavior. Now, it's not really about redirecting children's behavior. It's about redirecting the parents' behavior. Because when we correct our children, nine times out of 10, we learn from our parents and our parents' parents. And the way they did it is not always correct. And so we have to find a new way of doing it. Now, I, I'm a firm believer. I was a firm believer of spanking. My children would say, I beat them. No, I didn't beat them. You know, but I would, you know, let their rear end feel the, um, they, would, they would feel it. I just put it like that. And, you know, but I would spank them to let them know, look, you don't do this. But I have learned over the process of time, like our Heavenly Father, children are thinking individuals. And you can talk to a child, my God, and you can um, intelligently um, have a communication. Now, some people will disagree with it, but it, if you try it, you might like it. If you think about it, you here you are a 200 pound adult or 175 and you have a two year old right there and you gotta beat them, you gotta spank them because you don't want them to put their feet up on the couch, come on. You should be able to talk to them, to reason with them and they become very intelligent individuals. If you try it, you might like it. So do I, I now believe um, and spanking, I believe in talking to these young children because they are thinking individual. Well, you said, well, what about the scriptures say you spoil the child, you spare the rod? Well, what is the rod of correction? Is the rod of correction the word of God? Is it a rod, a stick where you beat a child? I truly believe that it's really be learning how to communicate with a child and share with them um, things that they should not do. You said, well, what about setting the boundaries? You don't want a child to go into the fire. You know, you, you don't want the child to touch your beautiful vase and break it. Well, move the vase and put the vase in a place where ch the child can't get it. You said, well, no, I want it there to be able to look at it. Well, sometimes you have to assist in helping setting boundaries for your child so that they will not touch that vase. And, and, and children, you know, I, I like to think while they were in their mother's stomach, they saw all these beautiful things, you know, out in the world. And they just want to go touch this and touch that. Guess what? Go over with them and help them experience touching the vase or touching the wall or touching the books. And explain to them, this is a book. This is what you sit down with and you read it. My God. But sometimes we, we get so frustrated, parents, with 
what's going on in our everyday life that we don't take the time or we don't have the time to sit down and talk to a child in that manner. But guess what God does? He gives us instructions. That's why the word of God says a fool is one who refuses instructions. So that means that we need to take the time to instruct our children, instruct our young adults, instruct them in the word of God, teach them what the word of God says about coveting other individuals' things, teach them about obeying and respecting and honoring one another. Amen? God is so good. You know, I have quite a few people that are on the line with me today. Praise God. Good morning, Yvette. Um, thank you for being with me this morning. Um, there, As I said, there are quite a few people who are on, and I just want to thank those that are on with me this morning. Make comments on what it is that I'm saying. You may not agree with what I'm saying. That's all right. We can agree to disagree, okay? And that's fine, but this is a prophetic message. This is a prophetic word. And I want you to utilize your prophetic gift and make comments on what it is that I'm saying. Or if God drops something in your spirit, or if you have particular scripture, that when those who come behind us look at this, they can look it up and read it and get totally blessed. And so we work together in unity with this. Amen. So God is good. Um, someone says, I love this teaching, going to share this with my grandson. Yeah, we, we have to learn, you know, um, how to share different things with our children. I, I remember one time I was when I was teaching the seminars on redirecting children's behavior. And remember, I said, it's not redirecting the children's behavior, but redirecting the parents' behavior, you know, really taking the time out to teach. I, I know a young lady, I'd be like, man, I wish you were my mother. But, you know, God gave me the mother that I needed so that I could have this experience and be able to share it with other parents and say, look, this is what we need to do. Try this. Our children are thinking individuals. They are actually very, very intelligent. And so um, God is amazing. So I want to get back to Hebrew 12 and 7. I kind of got off of the subject. You know, I went into another avenue of chastening and correcting because I think, I believe it's very important that we have total understanding of what it means. It says, if you endure the chastening, if you endure the correction, if you endure the teaching, and so you have to teach the child, God dealeth with you as a son. How many of you want to be a son or a daughter of God? Then you will endure the correction. When he says, don't go, that's why we must acknowledge God in all of our ways, and he will direct our path. Now, if you acknowledge him and he gives you instructions and you you calculating um, totally disobedience as to what he says, then the word of God says that you're a bastard. Amen. And that, that I don't like that word. That's not a good word, but you know, it's, it's not a badge of honor. Okay. And it's not so much the fact that you don't have a father, but it's the fact that you refuse to receive instructions. My God, 
God is so good. This has been good. Amen. I want to thank you for being with me this morning. This is the first time that we're going to get off of here, I, I believe, early. You know, but if you have a prayer request, if you have a family, thank you, Lord. God just brought drop something in my spirit um, because of my I have three boys, and, and girls are interesting to raise up. Boys are definitely interesting to raise. But as I said, we don't come with a manual. And so I didn't really have the instructions on how to raise my children. And so I, I had already come into the knowledge of Christ. And so I knew that if I asked, that I would receive. And so I asked, I said, God, bring people into my life that can help me to raise my children in a way that is respectful to me and to others. Because I had a lady one time tell me, she said, look, if you don't get those children under control, people are going to not answer the door when they see you knocking on the door. They're going to run and go the other way. And I didn't want that to happen. I wanted my children to be welcomed in society. I wanted to be welcomed. And so I had to, I cried out and I said, God, send somebody in my life who will gently teach me and show me things that I needed to do to help raise my children. And guess what? All you have to do is ask. And when I asked, God brought women, mature women, into my life to give me instructions on what I needed to do and how I needed to do it, how to raise my children. And now I have individuals, or even when they were younger, people say, those are some very respectful children. Because at one point, I would say, look, I'm going to just beat you on GP. Because if you go to church and act up, I want you to think about it. Well, I should have been able to talk to them and tell them and let them know it's not respectful for you to go anywhere into a friend's house and, and, and climb on their furniture and just talk to them in any old kind of way. That discipline begins where at home. You are your children's first teacher. So let us teach our children instead of beating our children or spanking our children. Let's give them the word of God, the rod of correction. Amen. The word of God is the rod of correction. So let us give them the word. They can understand. We just have to find different methods, different ways on how to approach and teach our children different ways on how to learn certain things. You have some children who are very inquisitive. They will ask questions. And parents, because we have so much going on in our everyday that we get frustrated. We don't want to hear what the children, we want like, just shut up, be, sit, be quiet, go in the room. You know, and that, you know, they are there um, for us to teach them, lead them and guide them. And we can't lead them and guide them if we're telling them to shut up and go in the room. We should have thought about that before we had the children. Or prepare yourself. Learn different ways to correct your children. I, one last thing. I had a young lady who was going through the class, and she realized that what she was doing was really teaching her child to be dependent on her and not to be dependent on themselves. 
I'm the same lady who told me, look, if you don't get your children under control, people are going to run when you come. They won't answer the door. She also told me, teach your children how to be independent. So if anything ever happened to you, your child would know how to wash. Your child would know how to iron their own clothes. They would learn how to cook, cook, at least fix some top ramen noodles or make some egg salad. You know, so they wouldn't have to depend on the one who was helping to take care of them. And and so um, because this individual would not let her children do anything, they didn't have the skills to be able to do and to take care of themselves. I'm not going to tell you some of the things that they used to do for their children. Amen. But we want them to grow up um, being independent, knowing how to do certain things, how to tie their own shoes and how to fasten their buttons. Well, it's more than just that. We want them to be thinking individuals, how to write a paper. Don't write the paper for them. Teach them how to do it. There are some children that are so far advanced than others. That's because the parent takes the time to teach them and say, no, this is how you do it. This is not the way you don't do it. So um, it's very important for us to teach with the rod of correction, which is the word of God. Amen. And if you receive the instructions and you're truly a son. And so if your child listens to you, this is my son indeed. Why? Because they listen to instructions. Praise God. God is so good. If you have any comments, once again, please make those comments. And um, so that someone else can read them when they come back and listen to this word. Um, if you have a question, we still have just a few more minutes. If you have a question about anything that I have said, um, make a comment about it and I will address it. Amen. Because and no, no question is a stupid question. Amen. The only stupid question is the unanswered question. And so... If you have a question you want me to address it, um, please do so at this time. Amen. God is so good. This has been really good um, to be able to come and share this word with you and just see what God has for each and every one of us. Amen. Praise God. God is good. Someone makes a comment about um, being independent is good. It is so good. You know, it teaches them. Teach your children about finances and, you know, how to open a, a checking account. Don't necessarily leave it to the school to be able to do it. I'm glad that they teach those things, you know, in the school. But you teach your child about saving. Teach your child about giving tithes. Don't wait till they get to church about it. Amen. And so, all right. Someone says rich nuggets. Amen. Oh, my God. Rich nuggets. We all want to be rich and wealthy in the things of God. I like the word wealth and I like the riches. Amen. Praise God. He, God, I tell you, he is awesome. And when I say that this is a prophetic word, I never know how I'm going to end up, but I'm always prepared to give a word to, to have myself prepared. But I always realize that God takes me in a different direction because it is prophetic. And so that's why I said, make your comments. When you are listening to this, 
make your comments so that when other individuals come in listen, they can receive the rich nuggets that you post as well. This is on multiple platforms, like one platform, you may only see one person, and then there's another platform with seven people on it, or another platform where there's 10 or 12 comments from multiple individuals. So this is on multiple platforms. And so I, I implore you to make your comments, be a part of this, be a participator and not a spectator. Amen. God is good. Once again, thank you for all the birthday wishes. They really gave me energy and strength to make it through um, on this birthday that I celebrated turning 68, my first birthday without my husband in 33 years. And it, your, your, your comments, your words of encouragement were truly, truly a blessing. And I want you to go forth today and know that you are crowned with God's grace and his glory. And may the peace and the love of God be with you. I want to encourage you, join me on 365 Days of Prophetic Prayer. Amen. The information is on Facebook. And you can go into the group section and you'll see it, 365 days of prayer. I believe we're at 209 days of prophetic intercessory prayer. We are seeing the miraculous. We are seeing signs and wonders. It's not us, but it's God doing through us. We come together in unity. We see the commanded blessings. I like that word. Don't take that word for granted, command it. God is commanding the blessings that he has for each and one of his children, those that are saved and even those that are unsaved. You said, well, I thought God didn't answer the prayers on the unsaved. That's why we intercede for them. That gives it, that gives them another opportunity to do some knee time and ask God for forgiveness so that they can come into the sheepfold. All right. Well, God bless you. <clears throat> I will be back with you tomorrow at the same time, the same place. Be encouraged. I love you, and so does God.